God rested. God blessed that day and called it holy. Now, many of you know the seventh day is called the Sabbath, and it appears with this title in the Ten Commandments. We have this verse up as well for Exodus 28. It says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. And it goes on in verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, as we read, but then he blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now this doesn't mean God was tired, like he did all this creating for six days and really exhausted and he needed to have a nap. We know that God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He does not tire. All of his power in the universe, he never tires. It does not diminish his power one bit, the work that he does. But this word Sabbath is a Hebrew word. It's from the Hebrew word Shabbat. And the word literally means to stop. So the Sabbath is a day to stop. To stop working, to stop worrying, to stop buying, to stop doing, just stop. A.J. Swobodas wrote this. He said, brace yourself for this. He said, the Sabbath has largely been forgotten by the church, which has uncritically mimicked the rhythms of the industrial and success-obsessed West. The result? Our weary, exhausted churches have largely failed to integrate Sabbath into their lives as vital elements of Christian discipleship. It is not as though we do not love God. We love God deeply. We just do not know how to sit with God anymore. And he continued, if he can handle some more, he said, we have, become we have become perhaps the most emotionally exhausted, psychologically overworked, spiritually malnourished people in history. Yeah. I think there's some truth in what he's saying. See, if we are honest, most of us don't know how to Sabbath anymore. Or even if we should. But God says, remember the Sabbath day. Remember to rest. It's so important. He puts it in the Ten Commandments. And maybe you can relate. I love these reasons. Maybe you can relate to these reasons that author and pastor John Mark Comer, and I meant to bring his book this morning. He's written a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I think it's one of the most important books of our time. So read it. But he um, wrote these comments in it about the way we sometimes think about Sabbath. And, and I'm going to read them to you. He said, and maybe some of these will sing to our hearts this morning. He said, he often hears things like this. Yeah, I'm not really into Sabbath. I'm an extrovert, and I just like to stay busy. Please freak it out over there. <laughs> but God rested. Yeah, I get the Sabbath thing, but I work a demanding job that I love, and I just can't make time because there's just too much to get done. But God rested. Yeah, I have two kids at home, and it's just not really doable right now. So maybe when, dot, 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 dot. But God rested. If God rested, then maybe, just maybe, it's beneficial for you too as well. You see, he built a rhythm into the DNA of creation, a tempo, a beat. God worked for six and rested for one. When we fight this rhythm, we go against the natural rhythms of a God-ordained creation. The last time society abandoned the seven-day week was during the revolution in France. They actually gave this a go. They said, we're going to switch to ten-day 
a work week. And we're going to up productivity because our week will be 10 days long. You know what happened? Disaster. The economy crashed. The suicide rate skyrocketed and productivity went down. In fact, once you work a certain number of hours, your productivity plummets. And do you want to know what that number is? 50 hours. And that's ironic, because that's about a six-day work week. Could God be speaking to us, even through our bodies, to stop, to rest? And some of you might be thinking right now, I don't work a six-day work week. I have a two-day weekend. But what does that weekend look like? How much of it is spent rushing from here to there, to event to event, getting all the chores done, doing all the things? When do you actually stop and cease and be? And that's my first point, which I think I have up next. Sabbath is a rhythm of rest, ordained by God, woven into the very fabric of the universe. So can we dive a little deeper right now into what Sabbath actually looks like? There's a second main Hebrew word that's used for rest in the Bible, which is nuah. And this means to dwell or settle. This is not the same as clocking out of work at 5pm at the end of the day. This is like sitting in front of the fire with a loved one. It's that kind of settled, that kind of dwelling. Now God introduces the ideas of Shabbat and Nuach at the same time in Scripture. In the creation account, God works for six days and rests his Shabbats. And then a few verses later, we read that God creates humans. And then he immediately rests them or settles them. He nuaks them in the garden with him. The structure communicates a link between these two concepts of Shabbat and Nuach. They're connected. God leads by example. He rests from his work. He stops his Shabbats. And then he dwells with his people. He nuaks. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. The other question I feel like you could ask is, how could a day be holy? How is a day holy? What does that mean? What does that look like? You see, the original audience, when this was written at the time, the pagans and people of the time, they would find their God, God would be found in space, not time for them. God would be found in a temple, on a mountain, in a shrine. But this God, our one true creator God, can be found in a day. If you want to go meet with him, you just have to set aside a day of the week to Shabbat. It's to stop long enough to experience him. Missy Takano, a missionary from Teach Beyond, puts it like this, and I love this. I think I have a slide for this as well. Sabbath rest is an invitation to practice for eternity in God's presence. It is an act of regular and intentional trust of God's rule on earth. We Shabbat in order to Nuak. When we practice this purposeful pause, we make room for God to take up residence in our individual lives and communities. And when we do this, we take part in the new creation story, setting the stage for God to make his dwelling once again on earth. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. By ceasing to work, we say, God, I trust you to provide. I trust in your rule and reign over my life. And I trust in the coming promise of eternal communion with you. 
So next, Shabbat can also be translated in some areas as to delight. So this is also what Sabbath looks like, to delight. It's about stopping and enjoying God, enjoying creation and our lives in this world. A spirit of restfulness comes from abiding. Abiding with God, with the world that he's created, created and with each other. It's about connection. So you don't need to lock yourself up in your house on Sabbath and be like, I'm just going to pray for 24 hours. I'm going to talk to anyone on Sabbath. No, it's so much more than that. Sabbath is life-giving when we stop to delight in the world, in our lives, in it, and above all, in God himself. So much broader than we perhaps have understood it to be. Now, if I haven't convinced you already about the benefits of Sabbath, rest, let me tell you this, because this was very interesting. A survey was done by a doctor who cited the happiest people on earth. Have a think, who do you think was at the top? But near the top of the list was a group of Christians called Seventh-day Adventists, who are religious, literally, about keeping the Sabbath. The doctor quoted that they lived 10 years longer than the average American. Now, if you do the math, the Sabbath, and you Sabbath every seven days, guess what it adds up to? 10 years over a lifetime, for the average lifetime, almost exactly. So, the Sabbath, the Sabbath, if this study is to be believed, every day you Sabbath, you're lengthening your life. <laughs> the Sabbath truly is life breathing. So, that second point, which hopefully I made by now, is the Sabbath is about ceasing, abiding, and delighting. So let's just go one little moment deeper for me into this Exodus passage to understand it further. Sabbath as a command. Now, Sabbath is only one, the only one for ten commandments with a why behind it. God doesn't say, don't murder, and here's why it's bad, people. Or don't steal from others, and here's why it's bad. But for the Sabbath, you know, God goes back to the creation story, calling his people into the rhythms of grace. And um, John Mark Comer says this, he says, I find it fascinating that the Sabbath is the only spiritual discipline that makes it into the Ten Commandments. Not church, not Bible reading, not even prayer. Sabbath is the anchor discipline of the people of God. So crucial that God lovingly commands us to remember to rest. Oh, I didn't ask you guys, Joey, but I'm just going to tell a story. I had a brief but interesting chat with Joey the other week. And it was, Joey said this to me, and let me know if I'm quoting you wrong. <laughs> I was going to ask you, but I forgot. It wasn't a big, Joey was saying to me, Joey, it's not the big encounter moments that keep me strong in my faith, as great as they are. It's actually the daily, weekly, spiritual disciplines that are the things that have enriched and awakened my soul the most. And they're the things he's treasured the most. Did you say that's fair? It's good. Quoting you, but doing things. <laughs> Spiritual disciplines are a blessing to our lives, not a burden. A rhythm which brings life to our bodies, our minds, our souls. Now in this passage, in Exodus, this, this day is also described as a Sabbath to the Lord. Or you can also say it's a set apart to the Lord. It can be translated that way as well. You see, it's not just a day for rest, it's also a day for worship. Yes, singing at church, but so much more than that. Koma asked some great questions, and these helped me with planning my Sabbath. 
He asks the question, he runs the choices of the day through his head, and he says, is it rest or is it worship? And that helps him decide what he does with his Sabbath. I found that so helpful. Is it rest or is it worship? Or what could I do today that would fill my soul with joy to be able to delight in God and this world? So Sabbath is going to look really different for a single adult running out to with a busy life in Manly compared to a parent of five kids, compared to a retiree or a uni student. We need to be gracious with ourselves, not get religious about it. Sabbath is probably going to look different for all of you. But can I encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to pastor you and guide you into finding the rhythms of rest and worship for you and your family. So just those points again. Sabbath is a rhythm of rest ordained by God, woven into the very fabric of the universe. It's about ceasing, abiding, and delighting. And today for rest and worship and his life-giving. Now I know there's lots of teachers in the room this morning. And my experience as a teacher, which you think I've stopped doing, but I find myself doing it nearly every term, is we go so hard during the term. We extend our hours, we work late at night, we, we work weekends, and we think, I'll oh, just go, 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 because I've got the holidays coming. You know, and then the holidays arrive, and we get sick. <laughs> our bodies shut down, and because we've been fighting rest, and we've been going on, rest will come at you as either discipline or delight, whether you like it or not. Because woven into the fabric of who you are in this world. So take it as delight instead. And I think I can speak for us all when I say most of us suck at getting these daily rhythms of rest. <laughs> that God knows we need spiritually and physically. I know I do. And I'm totally a work in progress on this church. But I'm getting better at it. And it's been amazing. So amazing. And it's not just Sabbath, but starting our days in quiet time, communing with God, working out of rest and spiritual fullness. Did you know the Jewish day actually starts at sunset? So the first thing they do is like feast and then sleep. And then it's work. So rest, work comes out of rest, out of restfulness. Walter Brueggemann has this great line. He says, people who keep Sabbath live all seven days differently. Sabbath rest is how you prepare your body to live the other six days of the week. So what did Jesus have to say about Sabbath and rest? I'm going to bring something to this. Quite a lot, actually. But let me hone in on this. In the Gospel of Matthew, he's walking with his followers and friends, and they're picking corn on the Sabbath. And they're moving through a field, and the religious leaders and teachers rebuke them. You know, they have a go at them for doing this on the Sabbath, because they had made so many laws around the Sabbath that it made it really difficult to keep. And Jesus says this in Mark 2.27. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Think about that for a minute. The Sabbath was made for man, created and designed by God himself for us, a gift to be enjoyed. Jesus was having a go at a religious culture that had put so many rules and regulations and it had become a burden. But for us and our culture, I think it's the opposite. We aren't legalistic about the Sabbath. Some of you might be old enough like me to remember when everything shut down in Sydney on Sunday. No shops were open. Everything closed. But not anymore. We want to be productive. We want to consume. We want to, Everything is open. Everything's happening. And sadly, our culture doesn't recognize it anymore. Sadly, lots of Christians don't either. And we're missing the blessing of it. Matthew records these words about Sabbath controversies 
immediately after quoting Jesus about rest. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Because Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28-30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and I will find rest for your souls. All this talk of rest, right before a passage that deals with the Sabbath. This is no mistake. The people had become heavy and burdened by observing the weight of the Sabbath, following the letter of the law, but they missed God's intent behind it. They were missing the intent behind the commandment. And Jesus clarifies it for them and us. The people are in need of a rest to stop. To stop hard work, Shabbat, and be present with God in the lap. And Jesus is here to usher the fullness of that promise. He is God's rest. And the people could come to him and find the fullness of rest that God intended. Matthew 12, 8, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath also points to Jesus, the promised one who would mercifully restore rhythm to creation the way it was intended to be. So when we observe Sabbath, we live as though that restoration has already taken place. We take a break from the broken rhythms and hustles and bustles of our world to set aside time to honour God, enjoy His presence and actually extend rest to the world around us. So the wisdom of these laws, church, remain. It's not done. And the law of the Sabbath is rich with significance for us today. It's not a commandment we're bound to, but a promise we're invited to enjoy. So let me give you some practical tips for a couple minutes. Because there's a discipline to Sabbath that is really hard for a lot of us, and it takes intentionality. Um, you see, it's going to be a day of resistance. It's also a day of resistance against the exhausting rhythms of consumerism, our need to achieve more, um, consume more, have more, do more. We need to resist that inside of ourselves so we can slow down long enough to enjoy God who offers everything that materialism promises but can never deliver on especially contentment so you're going to need the capacity to say no to a lot of good things to say yes to the best thing okay it's a statement to yourself there's something more to your life besides producing and consuming you're more than what you produce you're more than what you do church so recognize the battle for your attention. I'm going to suggest something really revolutionary right now. Why don't we turn off our phones? <laughs> for a full 24 hours. Some people are freaking out. <laughs> but there is a battle. There is a battle for your attention. And let me tell you, there's plans of the enemy to keep you distracted from the presence of God. So that you never take time to tune into the presence of the Creator. And one of those greatest distractions is our phone and social media. Did you know, and I discovered, there's a setting on your iPhone that you can put your phone into downtime and everything goes and shuts down. And so I've started. I put my phone in downtime from 6pm on Saturday till 6pm on Sunday. And it becomes what we call a dumb phone. Because it just receives calls, so I can still receive calls, so don't freak out, people can reach you, I can still send text messages, but everything else shuts down. All the apps, all the distraction, because that helps me enter rest. My mind's not always going, flicking, scrolling, I enter a state of rest. 
We may think it's terrifying, but can we tell you it's actually liberating? And I actually get excited when my phone goes into downtime. Now, so what do you do? Set aside a day. It can be Saturday, Sunday. You can debate that later. Whatever works. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and pass you into his presence. Then rest and worship. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't get too religious about it. It's meant to be enjoyed. Think about, maybe you go walk through creation and just enjoy the beach. Maybe you have a dinner with your family and talk about what you're grateful for. Maybe you paint, maybe you pray, maybe you read. What do you think is going to make you delight in the world around you and in the Lord? Maybe you tell stories and laugh together. What's going to stir up wonder and gratitude in you? Jesus says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. So church, let's play our part in responding to that invitation. Let me end with just one more quote from Homer and his reflection on this. He says, I feel free. Free from the need to do more, get more, be more. Free from the spirit, the evil demonic spirit of restlessness that enslaves our society. I feel another spirit, the Holy Spirit, of restful calm settle over my whole person. And I find that my ordinary life is enough. I don't know why I moved me, but it just did. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? I think a lot of us are hungry for rest, and we don't know how to stop. But God is calling you to rest, abide with Him, be filled with the Spirit, and work out that place of communion. Imagine church, as Christians, we were known as the most restful, peaceful people in our communities. How extraordinary would that be? I invite the worship team up. Let's stand. So just so you don't forget, Sabbath is that rhythm of rest ordained by God, woven, woven into the fabric of the universe. It's about ceasing, abiding, and delighting. It's a command and an invitation. A day for rest and worship, which is holy and life-giving. Can I encourage you now as we sing, to maybe dialogue with God a little bit through this worship as well. To ask Him, Lord, what would it look like to live a Sabbath one day a week with you? What would it look like for our family, God, to delight in my world and in you and rest in you, God? Guide me. Don't worry if you don't name